0: Success is elusive, but it doesn't have to be. This is Limitless Belief, a weekly podcast where we discover the principles of success by those who use them well. Be encouraged, be inspired, be limitless. So welcome, everyone, to the Limitless Belief Podcast. I'm your host, Frederick Tobert, and I'm very excited to be with you all. Uh, whether you're at home, in the gym, in the car, or taking public transportation, we appreciate you spending some time with us today. Um, this podcast is all about creating a community where people can come share, learn, and grow from the examples and stories of individuals like our guest today who have overcome their own limiting beliefs. And uh, That's exactly why I'm so excited about our guest today. I believe he represents uh, what we would love to see more of in the world, which is people just going for it, going for their dreams in spite of everything not being in place, everything not being perfect and having that burning desire, that desire to serve, learn and to give back. And our, our guest today, Tristan Williams, he is the founder and CEO of Boom Loop, which uh, their mission is to help leaders engineer great places to work so they attract and keep the right people. And how how important is that? I mean, I wish Boom Loop was out 10 years ago when I first started my professional journey. Um, he also co-launched a podcast that reached number one, number two, and number three on the iTunes new and noteworthy list in education, technology, and business, respectively. He also authored recently a book called Fru- Fruition Power, correct? Is it yep. Fruition Power? Yeah. Um, how to achieve more, lead well, and conquer and, and overwhelm. So a very accomplished young man, uh, someone I consider to be a friend, a brother, and uh, I'm super excited, man, and thankful that you're with us today on the podcast. Trishan. how are you doing today? What's up, Fred? Hey, hey. <laughs> it's good to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Super excited to be with you. Um, you know, you're someone that, you know, I've, I think we've, we've been aware of one another for over 10 years now, it seems. You know, we um, came into contact with one another, one another through a, a, an organization called uh, Social Leadership Academy. Yep. I think I think that's what we uh, yeah. And uh, man, even even back then, man, I just knew that you were a man on a mission. And, uh, you know, any everything that you're doing right now, I'm not surprised. You know, I'm just looking I'm looking at what's next. Right. So <laughs> what's next? Absolutely. With yeah, man. So whenever I bring somebody on, on the podcast, I, I always like to kind of try to take like make it like a journey um, okay. where we're kind of like going through like this discovery and, um, you know, tapping into some of the some of the things that you've been able to overcome in your journey. But in order to do that, I'd like to take it back to the beginning and right. uh, and, and ask you, man, you know, where did things begin for Tristan Williams? And, you know, just take me back to the beginning where your life journey began.
1: The when I think about the beginning, um, I think about humble beginnings. Mm. Uh, I remember, you know, for, for a lot of people that didn't grow up with a lot. Uh, you know, you'll hear a story that I didn't know growing up, you know, my, my parents did a great job with, you know, providing, you know, making Christmas work and Thanksgiving meals, you know, Mm. Tupac mama made things, miracles (laughs) every Thanksgiving, you know, so that was my story. Um, (laughs) but when I got to middle school, you know, the, 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 the age where kids are their most cruel, yeah right there's no filter in middle school people will say what they believe in your coming of your yourself so middle school is when i found out i was poor mm. right and i was like oh man I, I remember um i would get teased about my haircut okay. uh because my my hair would you know grow long or you know my lining wasn't crispy or you know so and i was on the basketball team so by a, association I was kind of around these popular kids right. so you know they were in the latest fashions etc cetera, et cetera, and um, I just wasn't fitting in and I think yeah. that's when I realized there's something a little bit different you know for me and everyone else and you know through that experience um, I tried to fit in And we didn't have the financial resources to, you know, get me a haircut every week to buy the latest fashions or gym shoes. So I had to become creative. So Mm -hmm. I started cutting my own hair Mm -hmm. when I was maybe 14, 15 and have been doing so ever since then. It's just a habit that I never broke. Um, And also I started doing fashion design. I would go and buy a $2 T-shirt and there was a clothing label called Mesquine back in the day really popular the style was um, like hand-painted acrylic right um so it was this really urban street gritty style of fashion so i just would go buy a two dollar white t-shirt and make my own designs so that i could look like i was current hip right? right right um and from then um I started selling my designs. People would look okay. out, man, that's cool. You know, can you do my name? Can you do a, you know, this cartoon character? And it went from individuals to, you know, the drill team or, you know, the basketball team wanted a shirt during homecoming. And then yeah. I started doing, you know, businesses, right? So it got to a point where I was maybe doing like two, $300 a week when I was like 16 years old. Wow. And for me to go from a kid who couldn't afford a haircut to 200 bucks a week I felt like I had figured something out right so just being in a place of lack made me be creative and made me figure out how to hustle and that's kind of where I started
0: gotcha and it was it seems like that that experience kind of it, it it started to unlock something inside of you that you ultimately would you know continue to cultivate like that creativity that entrepreneurial hustle spirit um I was going to get to this question a little, later, a little later in the conversation, but I guess I can ask you now. Like, what what are like your uh, what are like your top strengths? Let's say like your top two strengths uh, that you you can that you have.
1: You know, strategic is probably the the strongest thing that I lead with. If you, if you, any of you guys are familiar with the the Gallup Strengths Finder, that's kind of where I'm coming from. Right. Um, all of my top five uh, are in the strategic thinking. Um, And then in the the influencing category. So I have, you know, like futuristic thinking, you know, ideation. So like a creative thinker, that's just kind of how I lead. Um, And even from from those days and up until now, I'm more so consider myself an artist. And as I'm speaking, doing workshops or working with clients, um, although the work more so looks like traditional management consulting with more of a modern twist, I look at it as art. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's how I got started. Um, Art has always been at the core to me. And it's Mm -hmm. just more so been about individual expression. Mm -hmm. Um, How do I bring myself, my gifts uh, to my clients and to the world as I'm sharing whatever thoughts, etc. I might have. So Mm -hmm. yeah, our artists have always been
0: at the core of what I believe that I'm doing. Art, okay. Yeah, because I I really find this to be interesting. Uh, you know, as I continue to interview people on the podcast and you know just learning more about their strengths, um, I'm starting to see more and more how people are utilizing their strengths to kind of propel themselves forward to to heights that you know had it not been for that realization of that strength and that cultivation mm-hmm. of that strength in the context of what they do professionally or even academically or whatever the case may be uh, that had it not been for that realization, they wouldn't have been able to make it to the levels that they've been able to make it to. Do you kind of feel like that's a part of your story as well? Like even when you didn't have that clearly defined understanding of what your strengths were, because maybe yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know if you took a strength finding when you were 16. <laughs> no, um, not yet. <laughs> yeah. Right. But you know, like in hindsight, looking back, you're like, man, that, that, that's what I was that's, I tapped into that when I was 16. Is that kind of like a realization that you kind of came into? Uh,
1: you know, <laughs> I, I appreciate this perspective. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know that I've ever really considered it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so my cousins live with me. I had two older cousins and uh, they drew. They, okay. they, would, they would draw and I just looked up to them so much okay. and I just wanted to be like them. So I, I, you know I feel like that's kind of where it came from. Yeah. um but definitely looking back you know there there were only I want to say two people myself and an older guy who were kind of doing what we were doing in high school okay. and at the time it was just surviving to me okay <laughs> uh, but but looking back man I have vivid memories of being 16 17 years old in the dead of the winter with the heat on in the basement on blaze I'm sweating. Um, but man, I'm working to two, three in the morning, cranking out t-shirts. Wow. You know, I remember going to Michael's and, um, you know, eyeing the top tier acrylic paint and the brushes and just really falling in love with the craft. And, um, I would get offended when people would say, you must be bored. It's like, no, I made time for this. You know, this is my passion. So, so maybe I didn't have that language of strength, but it—I definitely knew that it was a passion of mine, something that meant a lot, and it was worth sacrificing for.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, And it, it, you know, so the name of the podcast, right, is Limitless Believe. Yeah. And let's get into it. (laughs) No, no, no. I was just—I was trying to make this correlation, right? The there was this limit. It seems that it was starting to kind of like develop um, yeah. as a result of like your transition into high school. <clears throat> and it it could have, it could have, you know, took you in another direction, but it seems to me that you, instead of being like, you know, uh well, you know, what was me, mm-hmm. you, you found a way to kind of like take that energy and reinvest it somewhere else. And it wind up serving you, serving, serving a different purpose for you. This, this, this process that you kind of were, were cultivating at a young age, is that something that you still use today to try to, to not try, but to overcome when limits start to set in or when things start to kind of like percolate in, in, internally or externally from a, from a limitation perspective? Are you still using this same process to kind of overcome those limits you know that was, that was deep
1: <laughs> no man i mean it, like this this is actually something that i'm i'm very aware of um yeah. it wasn't a process it okay. was literally a statement okay. it was one statement uh and i probably only had two of these in my life um i remember it, it was i don't know what, what we were talking about I, I remember. i remember i had already started the t-shirts i don't remember what made me start it but i remember i had I was going from just painting to like doing screen printing. Mm-hmm. So I would draw something and I would want the intricacy of the design. Um, it's like when you put the iron over the shirt, mm-hmm. uh, I forget exactly like what the process is called, but it was a guy doing it in my school and okay. I would pay him. Okay. I don't remember what I was paying him, but uh, <laughs> the margins were really low. Okay. And I don't even, I don't even know if I knew the word margin right at the time. <laughs> um, but, you know, maybe I was selling a shirt for 25. Maybe he was charging me 15 bucks. Okay. So between my you know, materials, the actual fabric for the shirt and time, uh, I probably wasn't making anything. Yeah. And so, you know, my mom kind of looked at me and said, you can do that yourself. Wow. And that statement is what really broke what we're talking about as far as limiting belief. Okay. And I remember that specific moment. I remember the shirt. I remember the guy who was doing it for me. I remember everything. Yeah. And it was just that line of reasoning that my mother would always share with me was Tristan, you can do that. Wow. You, you don't have to wait on someone to do it for you. You don't have to pay someone to do it for you. You have the ability to own your entire process. Wow. And I was just armed with the ability that there wasn't anything I couldn't do. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, let me go to Office Max. Let me buy this paper. (laughs) You know, let me tinker with this iron. And, you know, lo and behold, I figured it out. And there were so many other things that I did just because of that one statement. And I just believed that I just couldn't fail.
0: Wow. My mama told me. (laughs) <laughs> My mom, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 you know one of the questions I was going to ask you was um you know who were some of your early influences that kind of began to shape your character and your beliefs. And I know you mentioned your you said a cousin, uh, but yeah. now now I know it, it was your mom. Absolutely, your mom. Mom shaped you one
1: hundred percent. And and it was it just kind of rolled off the tongue. You know, it, it, I don't know that she was planning this moment in the journal or anything. But it was just like you can do that. I was like, oh.
0: Yeah. Kid. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. That realization, that realization. Um, You know, I, I was talking to uh, I was doing a um, webinar last night and we had a training right after. And one of the young ladies, she had a she had a very a great question about, you know, like, how do you overcome adversity, you know, to stick and stay with something long enough to start to reap the benefits of it. And um, the first thing that came to my mind was just to tell her about, about belief, like to talk to her about belief, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm just developing this, this thought process behind, you know, b- belief being like the foundation to, to build on, to, be, to, to become successful. And uh, just, list, just listening to you, you know, talk about that, man, it's just like you, you believe, you know, like mm-hmm. in, sp- in spite of like everything else, you know, not being like you didn't know what you didn't know. You you mm-hmm. just believe that you know you could do it, and 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 everything else just kind of like fell in place from there, you know. So how how powerful is that, man? It's just such such an inspirational thing to see and to hear, and it's just I just want more people to kind of experience that, you know. Um, yeah. You know, there's there's a
1: phrase, um, ignorance on fire. Ignorance on fire. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like you know, <laughs> until you don't know what you don't know, mm-hmm. it's like go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen that happen in so many people's lives. It's like their first go at it; it works out, and yeah. now they have the track record to prove that they can do it. And and so in the beginning, man, just being armed like like you said with that belief. Yeah. But I think for me, uh, and I've experienced this with another mentor, is not you know you can read a book and sometimes a, you know a motivational book and say you know you you have the ability to do this. Actually. You mentioned mm-hmm. when I just said that um, my mom in another phase, she dropped rich dad, poor dad mm. on my bed. Yes sir. I was maybe six, 17 or 18 years old. And that is kind of what sparked the next level yeah. of, wow, I can take this to a, yeah. a a completely different level. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, I, I think that it takes a person to have an intimate experience with you. To be able to speak into your context to say, I know you. I've yeah. seen you, and because I've seen you, this is a potential yeah. that I see, and I'm calling it out. Wow! And then I think on different levels, sometimes it just takes for a story. It takes yeah. to see someone else do it. Um, you know, I, I don't know that I, I know it off the top of my head, um, but there's a, a Bible verse that that talks about um, overcoming because of the witnesses that we have, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, we, we overcome by the word of their testimony. Mm -hmm. And when I think about that word testimony, it's just like, I did it. Oh, okay. If, if he did it, maybe, maybe I can do it. So I think when you have that combination of people that could speak directly into your context, Mm -hmm. because my mom hadn't done any of the things that she was telling me that I can do. Right. It was just like, but you can do it. And then I got connected with people who were doing it just to know that it's a reality. So that combination is really kind of what helped me kind of explode and just figure it out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that influence that your mom had, you know, uh, it really kind of gave you that fuel to, to kind of, to move forward. And I'm, I'm curious, you know, just, you know, how, how, how do you define influence? Like, you know, what do you think it takes for a, what do you think it takes a person to become a person of influence in the ever-changing world? You know, like your mom had this influence over you. Like you said, she didn't necessarily have the credentials to to speak toward like how to do something, but she just knew that you can do it. Like, Mm -hmm. and she used her influence to kind of like point you in the right direction. So, you know, how does, how did that kind of like, shape your thought process as far as what influence is and how does that contrast maybe to, you know, how people use influence today and in in the ever changing world, if that, if that makes sense. Absolutely,
1: man. Um, so influence is very, very near and dear to my heart. Um, yeah, there are two chapters in my book about influence. Okay. And, uh, yeah. So, um, (laughs) and and in my new program influences is a huge part of it. Um, but you know, as far as influencing someone to be able to achieve Mm -hmm. you know many times it takes results right um that's kind of the the rich dad poor dad model so Mm -hmm. he influenced me to believe that i could achieve something um because he had the the record right he had the track record to say i've done it i know what it takes Mm -hmm. but i think in that particular situation with my mother Maybe she didn't have the track record of a successful entrepreneur mm-hmm. or, you know, a fortune executive, but the the results that she had and the track record was consistently providing for me right? in a way that created trust.
0: Trust, right.
1: Trust is the bedrock of influence. I got you. Right. And there are so many different ways that you can achieve trust. You know, um, I'll listen to Warren Buffett talk about financial advice all day. I don't know him, you know, we don't have an intimacy of relationship, but there is a certain level of trust that he's established simply by his track record, right? right? And so then there are other people that know me as a friend that can speak to me from my personality. Um, So I think, I mean, there are studies on why politicians are some of the most beloved people in the world um, and it's charisma. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: When you think about charisma, it's like, well, it's, it's an intangible. It's just kind of the swag, but it's not. Charisma is actually scientific, right? There are actually six factors of charisma that you can actually study and learn. And they're very simple things. Mm -hmm. Um, Skillful speaking, Mm -hmm. eye contact, listening. Uh, What are the other ones? Um, I I forget them off the top of my head, uh, but it's in fruition power. Uh, (laughs) So yeah, I have a complete, set of chapters on influence but specifically it's just trust it's just the way that i would distill it
0: yeah for sure yeah man that's that that's that's really big and you know like building up that trust and you know through accountability you know something that um you know i've been i've been really working toward in one of the industries that i work in It's just like this you know we need to be more accountable to one another because you know if we if we can't trust each other do, to do these small things, we can't we won't be able to trust each other, you know, to do to do things bigger down the road. And, um, you know, and it's, it's it's just so interesting, man, you know, when you're dealing with a group of people that come from, you know, different backgrounds and, you know, uh, situations that they're bringing, they're bringing like, they're bringing the good and the bad with them. And, you know, these habits kind of start to settle in. And when you get into a situation where, you know, you, you you have to have this team dynamic and this trust and stuff like that. It's just it it just goes to show you how important all the things that you're talking about, you know, why why these things are so important. You know, everybody has to be on the same page as far as values. You gotta have systems and processes in place in order mm-hmm. to kind of like overcome some of these things. And uh I, mean, I just I, that's why I just really love everything that you're doing. Uh because it, it really kinda it really kinda it, it helps to provide some some structure to to, to organizations where sometimes the structure is kind of broken down, you know. And you know, and uh yeah, if you could speak to that, I think I I just think it's just really amazing what you're doing. So so one
1: thing that you just mentioned is you, you said a phrase, everyone has to be on the same page as far as values is concerned. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's ideal. Okay. But many times it's just not the reality. Okay. Right. Even Um, if you think about a family of four, um, there may be, you know, four values that that family of four may have, but how, how easy is it for one of those people to maybe not value one thing the way that, you know, it's listed on the wall in the den. Mm -hmm. So what, what values do and what I call identity in an organization, um, clarity, character, culture, focus. Right. Okay. those are the four parts of identity um and it's this character piece where you first come up with your beliefs um this is a an exercise i take people through you come up with your beliefs then you distill those beliefs into values those values into behaviors and that behavior into an identity mm-hmm. and if you have an organization of twenty five thousand people if you have an organization of 25 people and you can't expect everyone to agree to a team. Mm-hmm. But what you can expect is for the organization to clearly communicate those values and for people to act accordingly. Gotcha. So you, okay. can't, you can't make people believe the way that you want them to. But right. what you can do is say, as an organization, this is what we stand for. This is how we shall conduct ourselves when doing the business of us right and right. for you to be a great team player you have to put on this thinking cap right and prioritize this over that and this over that it you. doesn't mean check your personality your morality at the door we're not okay. we're not saying that but okay. what we are saying is we have a way of doing things here that makes things productive efficient and in line with the culture that we've created as a leadership Mm -hmm. With the input of everyone else, I think that's kind of how it best happens. Mm -hmm. So if I'm coming in and I'm like, okay, um, a lot of times there are conflicting values, right? Um, A lot of times like take um, innovation and productivity. I don't know any organization that doesn't want both of those things in, but innovation and productivity are conflicting values, If you want to be innovative, you can't guarantee the results that you can if you're prioritizing productivity, churning it out, having clear systems, knowing exactly what to expect. So if we come in and we say, we value innovation over productivity that gives everybody the roadmap, this is the playbook for how we do it. So if I'm like, well, that's personally not how I would do it, but to succeed in this system this is the alignment of values and this is how i need to play when i'm on this bus and when people kind of use that framework it just really simplifies things no questions that's how we do it
0: yeah no i love that i really love that man It's just like you know how, how are we going to execute on our on our mission you know absolutely yeah no that makes a lot of sense that makes a lot of sense yeah thank you for thank you for clarifying that and uh you know you know i, I want to get more into that a little later in the in the conversation but i want to get back to uh you know tristan uh as the person as a young man All right. uh you know going right going back uh because i think this is it you know this is this is a great question to know you know growing up man what were your what was your dream and what, what were you dreaming about becoming when you became an adult when you were young man, you know, this is something that, you know, I, I'm pretty, you know, I had like 18 things. So like, yeah. like what, what, was, what was that thing for you? <laughs>
1: you know, man, I, I recently reflected on this um, yeah. and I actually posted on Instagram about it, maybe like last week.
0: Okay. The very
1: first thing that I wanted to be was a comedian. <laughs> the very first thing I told my mom, I want to yeah. be a comedian. And she was like, nope. <laughs> so i was like oh man i gotta figure something else out um but you know she was like how about a lawyer how mm-hmm. how so how, how you gonna take me from comedian to lawyer that's no fun right <laughs> um but you know i remember i wanted to be an actor and i pursued mm-hmm. acting as a child um mm-hmm. did some commercials and you know some some amateur acting mm-hmm. and um there was a, a stint of time that I wanted to be a lawyer, um, but the the thing that I recognized is that in every phase of my life, I wanted to use my voice, okay that is the the single thread from five years old to now. Wow. I wanted to use my voice to be able to communicate to people to change how they felt, yeah to affect change, for them to feel something and then go do something about it. right? And I see comedians do it. Man. Of course, you know, our lawyers do it. Um, yeah. Our actors do it. Yep. And as a child, I just knew um, there was something about my ability to express that I felt like I should be paying attention to. Yeah. And when I would see it, you know, there were times in my life where I wanted to be a pastor. You know, I spent a little time in seminary you trying to study how to use my voice to teach people to feel and be armed with knowledge so that they can go change their lives yeah and and every season you know it's it's been the same thing, and I, I think that's the cool thing about purpose. People mm-hmm. are searching for it and they're searching for it in a, a tight uh knit name in a position or a title mm-hmm. but it's 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 so much bigger than that for sure. It's, 100%. it's, it's, it's huge. You can, you know, take person a and switch their job a hundred times with the same purpose. It's all about how you're here to impact other people's lives and yeah. using your specific gifts um, and passion to be able to do it. Yeah. Absolutely. So e- even as a kid, man, I-, I had some handle on that. I yeah. my voice was, was part of it. And um, it's just my job to be able to hone that skill Right. Um and be true to it.
0: Yeah, man. And uh you do have a very a very strong voice. I, I appreciate your perspective, man. You know, thank you I, for my yes, strong voice. Sir, <laughs> you have a you have a strong voice. <laughs> yeah, no, no. See, that's the comedian side. See, you still got it in you. You still got it in you. <laughs> but no, I mean I, I you know, I, I remember when we did the um that uh fundraiser at the uh at the Willis Tower, man, how you commanded the room that you had. And uh, I look at the video every now and then I, I was we, we were kind of talking about it briefly the last time we had a conversation and uh, just looking at it, man, just like people were engaged. I'm like, look, at you know, and th- this was like seven, eight years ago, you know, and uh, I, I, can, I, I can see, man, you know, exactly what you're saying. And just to, you know, to hear you tell it, say it, like to explain it to me that way. And then to to think back about that moment, I'm like, you know, you've been using your voice the way that you you say you wanted to do for a long time now. So, you know, it's just, it's just really great to kind of see someone live into, you know, their Thank strengths you, like that. Yeah, man. It's so, it's Thank so you. cool. It is so cool, bro. Um, So w- when you were in high school, right, you know, after, you know, you kind of made it through high school and now you're going to college, I would imagine like right after, right after high school. Yep. That's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. What, what was the, uh, what was the collegiate experience? Like, was it, was it better than high school or was it kind of some of the same struggles or you know, how how was it, how was it different? How was this, how was it the same?
1: You know, um, I I was really fortunate to find community in high school that, man, when I got married, um, both of my best men were friends that I met in high school. Okay. And I I don't have a ton of friends from high school, but the ones that I do have, we're so close. Um, and I found that same group of people in college. So although in high school, you know, there was some struggles, I, I, man, I, I enjoyed it. Right. There were people around me. I was just having a ball. And then in college, you know, I was fortunate enough to find another group, a community that we were just doing life together, just having an amazing time. Uh, I was still broke. I probably would imagine um, (laughs) as most college students are, um, you know, but the meal plan kept me fed well,
0: you know, shout out
1: to the diner hall at Mizzou. (laughs) 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 But um, yeah, man, I mean, it, it was just another phase of, uh, of growth uh, yeah. um, of, of evolution. And um, during that phase was when I kind of dropped the, the clothing line. I, I just couldn't see myself growing with it. Okay. And from then it was just trying to figure out, well, what is the next phase? How do I, I take these things and apply them to something that I'm now passionate about? So yeah, I think that's what college was.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, were there any uh, specific hurdles, that you personally faced in that in that part of your journey um and if so like how how were you able to overcome them because you know we kind of see how you overcame the high school hurdle um you know with the clothing line and you know cutting your own hair and you know, <laughs> you know you know all those things just being resourceful um how were you able to overcome any of the collegiate hurdles if if there were any you know one thing that um, was tough, man was that
1: um you know I worked my way through college okay um yeah i I probably Work 20, 25 hours um, during college. And uh, I mean, I, I paid rent. So a lot of people kind of had, you know, student loans in a, a dorm. Uh-huh. I was in an apartment. Okay. I had rent due every month. <laughs> uh-huh. So, um, you know, between that, between being a leader in organizations and school schoolwork, um, it, it just kind of prepared me. You know, uh-huh. I kind of envied my friends that didn't really have the responsibilities that I had wasn't yeah. worried about rent, doing the first, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, you know, it just kind of taught me balance and, you know, definitely hard work. Yeah. And I just, I, I remember when I learned how to study. Okay. I know that sounds really strange, No, but I didn't, I didn't learn how to study until I was maybe a junior in college. Okay. Uh, when I got there, but one, one of my hurdles was that, um, this is a, I don't know if we have really time to get at it, but, before my sophomore year in college, I had attended three different universities. Okay. So I was hopping around um, for a lot of different reasons. But uh, I finally got to Mizzou my sophomore year, and I was just trying to get settled. And it was different. The rigor was was different than some other places that I had been in. And I was just trying to, you know, catch up, you know, figure out how, how do I do these exams? You know, how, how do I figure that out? And it just took time. It, it really, it just, it just took time for me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't make the dean's list until my junior year.
0: Okay.
1: I want to say junior year. And when I figured it out, I was like, "Oh, okay. This is how you get all A's in college. Right. This, this is what it takes. But by that time, I was on my way out. <laughs> right. I got you. Oh, uh, so I was like, "Oh, well, you know, this is this is what it would have taken two years ago. Um. So I think." i think what i took out of it is you get you see people around you doing something you know i will look at my, my buddy's test be like oh, what'd you get on that a 97 be like man what you get i got an 83 and it's like how what What is that gap and sometimes that gap is just 30 more minutes in the middle of the night wow sure. and i and i would see you know some of my friends you know it would be maybe two in the morning. Oh man, I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm going to go. All right. I'll I'll be here just a little while longer. Good luck. See you in the morning. Right. And in that moment, that person made a decision that affected the trajectory of their entire lives. Wow. Um, because you, you put 3.5 on a resume and I put 3.2, you get the job first out of, is exactly, that immediately out of college, right. that job puts you on a different trajectory. And right. I think just, just the lesson that I saw is that these minor decisions have major impact. Wow. And I was just like, man, I, every moment counts. Yes, sir. Every moment matters. And so maybe that's mm-hmm. the thing that I learned and I just tried to take with me.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, you know, as, as you transition out of college into, you know, adulthood, but you were already kind of like being an adult, you know, you had, you had, you know, you had an apartment, you were working, paying taxes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's very true. Very well, he true. You was paying taxes at 18. I was doing my know? own taxes at college. <laughs> I remember doing my own taxes. That is so funny. So you, you came out of college, like ready. Um, you was already adulting, you know, before adulting was even the thing in the, in the, in the zeitgeist. Very true. Very true. So, so um, you know, you transitioned out of, out of college. Now, now you're, you know, in the, now you're basically an adult for real, for real. Cause now you now you gotta, you know, have a real job, stuff like that. What, what was that experience like coming out of college? What was your, what was your first kind of like real professional experience working a job in a corporate America? How was that experience for you?
1: You know, man, um, this experience is so impactful. Okay. Uh, and this is where it landed me where I am today. Okay. Um, I was pursuing law school at the moment and it's like, okay, I'm going to grab a job at a law firm. And this was post a recession times. So the job market was trash. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Um, very much like it is right now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, post COVID. So I was lucky enough to get a job doing what I wanted to do. I applied for teach for America. It um, was accepted. It was like, I'm going to do this go to law school, bam, you know. And in the midst of that, I joined uh, this entrepreneurship fellowship, mm-hmm. uh, teaching social entrepreneurship to solve problems in the world. Wow. And through that experience, it it reintroduced me to that part of myself that I was struggling so hard to find that I lost in high school, mm-hmm. was how how do I bring all of myself to the forefront to create something in the world that not only can take care of me, but they can create some value, some impact, some change. Right. Um, and so I joined this cohort. It was a six month cohort. And the cool thing about it was that the co-founders, they would record these sessions every Thursday. And, you know, most people would tune in live or watch the replay, But I worked a block away from where they were filming these sessions. Okay. So I would leave with my lunch break, and then I would go and just be in this community, just soaking it up. Um, And, you know, long story short, um, I hung around, and a couple years later, one of the co-founders stepped down, and they asked me to replace him. Wow. So I was maybe 23 at the time, and this was a retired Air Force colonel, a real estate investor, and the first vice president of Facebook number, employee number 44, that asked me to be their managing partner alongside them. Wow. So here my mentors had become my my partners and my colleagues. Wow. And- man, that experience just gave me so much confidence and it just boosted and uh, multiplied my, my leadership lid lead and ability mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, it just gave me all the confidence in the world to continue to do the work that I'm doing now.
0: For sure. What, what, what do you wish you had known when you first started out that you know now? Like, like you know, we always do that hindsight of 2020 thing and I think you kind of were touching on it, but like, like could you articulate you know what what do you wish you had known you know starting out that, that you know now
1: um you know, I had so much confidence in what we were doing, yeah, um I wish that I had a little bit more risk mitigation to okay. balance
0: my faith and confidence in what we were doing. I got you for sure, for sure. Uh, That makes a lot of sense. You know, when we young, when we we, we some young gunners, it's just like, you know, I just didn't believe failure was a thing. So it's like, yeah, "Yeah, let's go do it. Let's (laughs) go do it. Right, right, right. And that's, that's the beauty about being young too, though. You know, you can, you can, uh, you can have a couple of those, you know, moments and still kind of Yeah. And that was, that was the cool thing.
1: I I knew it. So I'm like, let me just take advantage. Let me take risks. And if I fail, I still have
0: a safety net of three to five years to be 20, whatever. Right. And I'll just pick back up. And pick back up. Yeah. And um, I want to be very mindful of your time. You know, I I, um, I'm I'm getting better with my journalism, uh, you know, and uh, but I always get to the point where I'm like, I might have to have you come back. So I would love you to come (laughs) back. But but there's so many, so many things I would love to talk to you about. But I want to make sure that, you know, I I cover uh, just a few more things, uh, uh, specifically spirituality and uh you know just kind of you know how does how does uh spir- spirituality come into play with your limitlessness you know or how how have you s- experienced your spirituality to kind of play a part in your ability to kind of you know m- uh move forward throughout life and 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 accomplish all of these great things that you've been able to accomplish
1: you know i think um spiritual belief for me is even stronger than that belief that I got from my mom. Mm. Um, because I personally believe that there is a God that knows me intimately, um, and and knows all and has spoken to me that I have the ability to go out there and conquer, achieve and accomplish. Mm -hmm. And that belief, that
0: faith, it just gives me all the confidence in the world. Yeah, for sure. For sure. What, what, what led you to want to write the uh, the book Fru- fruition power is that is that a part of the spiritual kind of journey as well you
1: know man i think um i just felt compelled to do it yeah. i just felt like it was something that uh, i absolutely had to do because i had the the talent and the ability and i was doing some blogging and people were kind of catching on to it and you okay. know asking for more yeah. And it has got to a point where I felt like if I didn't do it, I
0: was dishonoring myself. So Tristan, you know, I want to ask you, um, you know, now that you've had all of these experiences um and you're, you know, you're you're in the space in your life right now, what are some of the things that make you feel inspired or make you feel like your best self?
1: Hmm. What makes me feel inspired? That's a good question. Um, you know, man, I think there are there are certain times that I see on the clock sometimes that, that, that make me feel like if it's really early in the morning, mm-hmm. you know, I'm up or it's really late at night, you know, it's one, two in the morning, just kind of puts me back in those earlier days. Um, yeah. It's just something about the extra mile when I find myself like in that place, it's like, this yeah. is good. You know, you're, you're doing a good work. Like you're, you, you finding that bag, you, you getting in it, hand, hand is in the bag right now. You do, you your thing. Um, mm-hmm. And those moments are just really cool to me, but you know, out, outside of myself, I see, I see people that communicators and authors, um, people that have been so consistent over time yeah. um you know you people like john maxwell mm-hmm. that drop a book every three days it's crazy. It's like wow man i mean <laughs> you know by this time i don't know that he's touched the keyboard in a decade but you know still the, the thought leadership uh the creativity that it takes and man when not the last time that i saw him live on stage he was like a he, it was like looking at Jordan, okay. late 90s. Yeah. He, he had harnessed the ability to command the stage, sitting down without raising his voice. Wow. And maybe his talk was an hour long. And for the first 20 minutes, it was just soft-spoken, in a seat, not moving a muscle, yeah. literally just using his voice and his storytelling. And it just ramped up over time, and it has became more powerful, more impactful. So when I see mastery, I think that's the thing. Dude, um, I cried watching Kobe's last game. Um, And and obviously, in hindsight, what we know now, it makes it even more special. But the thing about that day was that that was also the day that Steph Curry hit um, the record-breaking 400 threes in a season. Mm -hmm. And I just remember watching these two athletes achieve a level of mastery. Kobe scoring 60-something points in his last game, the most in in NBA history for for anyone on your last game. Mm -hmm. Um, And watching Steph Curry hit this monumentous record and then winning the unanimous MVP. Uh, Mastery, man, it's just something about it when you see it. I'll never hit 403s in my lifetime, (laughs) probably. (laughs) Um, So it it wasn't the fact that they were doing something that I wanted to do, but I just, I call it, in in fruition power, I call it the ole moment. If you're familiar with uh, the football or soccer chant, depending on what you call the sport, there's a chant. Ole, 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 (laughs) ole. Everybody knows that chant, right? Um, Right. But that chant is derived from the word Allah, which means God. Okay. So when people are chanting that, they're saying it's as if God himself is in the body of the athlete performing. Wow. And so they're chanting, they're warring because of the level of mastery that this person is displaying. And it's a once in a lifetime event is how the chant got started. It's like we are watching. God right now. Wow. And um when I see that, it's just really hard not to be inspired.
0: Yeah. No, that's I didn't know that. You just really educated me on that. And that's that's so that's so profound and insightful. You know, how these how, you know, these these chants and these words kind of derive from something something deep. <laughs> something so deep. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we're just kinda of like saying stuff that we don't really know what it means. Uh but luckily that's something that's actually you know kind of positive but um i'm really interested in uh the book fruition power um it's something that i'm getting around to and and will read uh but for for our listeners um where did the name for fruition power come from like how how did you how did you land on that on that name and you know what does it mean to you what does it mean for you
1: you know man um so the, the story of fruition power is that it had a different name at okay. first. Okay. Um, so the original name of the book was called Purpose Pathway. Okay. So I was on this personal journey of you know discovering life's purpose. And that journey is kind of what landed me in the seat where I talked about earlier, where I was kind of recruited um by the this core team and this organization in my early. Because I had quit my job and I spent six months studying purpose. And exactly. in that six months, I said, You are forbidden to look for a job. Mm. You will not spend one second looking for employment. This season of life is specifically dedicated to studying yourself and to understanding the purpose that you are on earth to serve. Right. And so that experience led me to the place that I was at. And through my study, um, I just kind of kept coming back to how purpose integrates with our work, um, how purpose is um, executed through good work in the world and creating an impact. Mm-hmm. And that's where our fruition power came into to being was that um, embedding your purpose in life into your work and, and using this framework gives you the uh, gives you the power to bring things into fruition that didn't exist before gotcha. so I think a lot of people you know are looking out into the world and they see things and experiences that they want for themselves but yeah. they're trying to figure out how do I close the gap between where I am now and where I want to be and fill in the blank amount of time and the ability to close that gap is what I call fruition power right gotcha. the, the ability to create and to change and manifest circumstances just from first having a belief and it from having faith. And then it's, well, what are, what are the tactical things that you need to do on a daily basis to actually manifest that belief into reality?
0: Um, right. so all of that is what I call fruition power. Nice. And the, what's the correlation between the book for fruition power and the company boom loop is it, it is it, oh, I'm sorry
1: yeah yeah so um boom loop is is, it's all really closely related man everything that kind of is birthed from me it it comes from a place of authenticity so a a boom loop uh when you think about a boom it's it's a loud noise or you think about you know the the big bang theory uh it's loose belief or a concept not even necessarily a belief but just like the concept it's like it was a big bang and then something kind of started Right. Or when you say business is booming, it's like right. it's going well, right? <laughs> um, so when I think about a boom, it's it's the beginning. It's clarity. Um, it's, it's desire and it's passion. And then when I think about a loop, it's this process that we all go on when we have that clarity and ambition and, and we try to create momentum. Mm-hmm. And then we start on a journey and then we hit a wall and inevitably we fail. We Mm. don't get it right the first time. Mm. And then after we hit that failure, we have to kind of start over again. Mm. But you learn, you evaluate, and you kind of start all over again, but from that place of learning from your last failure. And then you hit momentum again, Mm. right? And then it's it's just kind of this upward trajectory but with like this loop of failure that gotcha. brings you down just a little bit more. But then when you learn, it's like, okay, upward trajectory again. Okay. Right. So success isn't a linear line. You know, it's a, it's a squiggle. But mm-hmm. I would call it a loop, right? Is you have these high moments and you have these low moments of being humble, of feeling mm-hmm. like, man, I, I don't know as much as I thought I did, but let me learn from what I do know and take these failures and move forward. So when you put those two things together, I call it a boom loop. Wow. Um, like so it. the, yeah, man, that, that's, that's, that's what the the name of the company means. And, yeah. you know, essentially when you
0: harness fruition power, you can create a boom loop in your life. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I, I like it, man. I like it. It's like, <laughs> I like that. I really like that. It's like, you know, you want to, you can't just use uh, like the, the the skincare products, right? Like you got to use them all together, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's you know, a, it's a set. Yeah, right. <laughs> you got to use the facial wash. You got to use the toner. You got to use mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. Uh, the the moisturizer, and then and then you get the results. So I I really like I like how you you, you put that together. And how how has your experience been? Um, you know, now that you're an author, people reading the book, you know, the feedback that you're getting. But now that you have this company, this 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 vehicle to. Um, that's helping you to, uh, deliver these, this, 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 this vision that you have for, for the workplace, for the world, how has that experience been for you? And what is, what is some of the feedback that you're getting from, you know, some, some of your clients,
1: you know, man, it's, it's beautiful to be able to do the work that, that I do mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I get a chance to connect with people who are trying to create fruition power in their businesses. Mm -hmm. right there they've taken these concepts and apply them to their personal lives and now they're trying to figure out well how do i bring the same momentum the same learning the same analysis and evaluation to my company so that not only i can grow but everyone around me has the ability to grow so you know that that's the focus and you know people you know may screenshot me something from the book um, yeah. I got a, a buddy that I've known for a long time and he literally texts me five times each chapter, you know, this is what I learned. And this is the, you know, the feedback and this is so cool. <laughs> Tell me more about this. Wow. So, man, we just kind of had this one on one experience via text message with him going through the entire book. Um, that's awesome. so so that was really, really fun for me. Yeah. But uh yeah, it's 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 a vehicle, man, that that opens doors, it, it gets conversations going. Yeah. Um, it's allowed me to meet some amazing people. Um and yeah, it it just has helped create momentum to do
0: more of the work that that I believe is really important for us to do right now. Wow, yeah, and that that's really that's so awesome. And uh what do you so as you uh look into the future, what how far do you see thing going what's what's what's
1: next up <laughs> next up um, yeah so so next up man and, and next is even right now um, you know in within boom loop there's this new program uh, called align to advance that I'm so okay. excited about okay. um, and, and it's essentially helping companies create alignment with what they believe about themselves what they say about themselves and how they carry themselves. Okay. You know, and, and right now, there are a lot of media statements, press releases about what companies believe. You know, in this post-COVID era, um, you know, companies are kind of under fire yeah. for caring for their people and not just for saying what they believe, but actually showing it with their actions. And what I found is that it's a struggle And a lot of times their struggle isn't deceitful, it isn't a bait and switch, but there just isn't the ability um, for companies to be intentional to the level that people need them to be, to design themselves to actually follow through on some of these grandiose statements about who they care about, what they believe in. So that's the work that I'm doing is is helping companies design that belief, but actually follow through with their actions so that they gain trust or regain the trust that they've lost. And through that, they create man just amazing experiences for their customers and their teams. Wow! Um, And that work has been so fulfilling, man. I I can't tell you um, how fulfilling it is and and how necessary
0: it is, especially right now. Yeah, for sure. Yes. It's it's like, A time such as this, and it's like yeah, that's it. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) so you gotta strike strike while the iron is hot, man. Um, And I'm just really, you know, again, uh, uh, just really inspired by your story. You know, it's it's good to get to know you uh, even more, better as 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 a result of this conversation. And uh, I'm looking forward to continue to get to know you uh, even after the fact, and you know, just learning more about some of the things you've been able to overcome some of the successes you've had, some of the, the, the struggles that you've had. I'm, I'm interested to know after all of this, how do you define success now? Peace. Okay.
1: Peace, man. Um, you know, I think people have seen a lot of graphics about chasing money and, and all these other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I won't really get into that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there, there is a level of peace That I think you can attain that makes life so sweet. Yeah. Just sweet, like (laughs) the perfect mango, you know, on a a white water with, with on a beach with white sand, you know, like that, like that level of peace is like, oh, yes. (laughs) Um, But but the thing is that, man, um, it comes in compartments. That's what I found right? You can, you can have, if you, when you measure things, you can grow things. Yeah. And I, I believe in measuring all areas of our lives. I believe in measuring our spiritual capacity and growth, measuring how we're doing with our physical health, measuring our emotional health and stability, measuring the strength of our relationships, the impact that we have in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, what, what gets in the way of peace is a lack of clarity. Mm -hmm. Um, And that may sound silly. Like, what do you mean clarity in my health? Um, And it comes to alignment, right? Um, You can't want a six-pack and eat cake every day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like I do. (laughs) That's exactly what I do. But I've come to peace with this is the amount of shape that I'm going to be in right now. (laughs) I know I'm going to run my, you know, 10 miles a week and I'm going to yeah. work out these amount of times. And I know tonight I'm going to have a homemade brownie with some ice cream. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm at peace with what I'm going to look like at the end of it all. <laughs> I am in alignment with my <laughs> desires and behaviors. It's it lines up. It works out. Yeah. But I think what creates or disrupts peace is when our behaviors don't align with our desires mm-hmm. and us just trying to get clarity is like well do I change what I believe I should have do I change what I'm doing to get what I believe I have like yeah. do I need to figure out a different way to go about this and that confusion right is is what disrupts our peace but when you've got that thing figured out it's, it's it's smooth as butter man yeah and that
0: piece is it's the best thing in the world serenity i love yes, it sir <laughs> i love that man and uh i think that brings us to the conclusion and uh you know i uh this is a funny question i always ask everybody you know just uh tell me something that that's true that almost nobody agrees agrees with you on
1: No, the, the the thing that i think is true um yeah is as far as you know customers and you know where you work People give their loyalty to what is consistent and not necessarily what is best. Right. Um, I don't know that Nike has the best shoes. I don't know. (laughs) Um, My last pair of running shoes I bought were Nikes. My Mizuno's have been better running shoes, but there is a consistency that I get um, not only from the running experience, but from the holistic experience, what Nike tells me about what they believe, what Nike tells me about mm. who I am, right? What, what, what it means to inspire the athlete. Um, and, and for me, living into that fullness, it's like, okay, well, let me go ahead and, and buy this instead of that. Yeah, um, You know, you don't have to have the greatest place to work. Just don't bring in people with this grandiose experience and then forget about them after the honeymoon phase is over. Cause right. a mediocre company is going to be mediocre all through, but mm-hmm. at least people know what to expect. And I think people are really trying to be, you know, the best and they get burned out when you don't have to be the best. You just got to be consistent. Mm. Don't have to be the best, just be consistent. I like that. You can, you can be a mediocre boyfriend <laughs> for a long time Yeah. and make it. But if you fluctuating, you you the best and then you're the worst you're the best and then you're the worst it's like i don't know what to expect i can't i can't do this this
0: is i can see that right um yeah yeah yeah, man it's about consistency i like that man you know it makes me think about um like you know how we're we're all different we all we have we all have different shapes and strengths and you know uh, what comes along with that as well is potential and you know if 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 we can all just learn to try to maximize our potential our individual potential then you know that could lead to just some of that some of that peace that you're talking about you know instead of me trying to be reach the heights that Tristan Williams has reached you know Tristan is maximizing his potential based on who he is as a person mm-hmm. and the gifts and the strengths that he has you know you know and you know me being who I am is like what are my gifts and my strengths how can i maximize that potential and where where that leads you or where you wind up that that just depends. I mean, it, it it doesn't have to be any one set thing, you know. This mm-hmm. this 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 like you said, this grandiose vision of what success is. It's just, do you feel fulfilled? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I really, I really, I really, I uh, agree with that a lot. And uh, it's <laughs> something I, I've I've had to grow into myself um over time. So, you know, it, it is way more peaceful when you just like, I'm just in my lane. Yep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm That's just what living, it is. Yeah. I'm just I'm just living in my lane, you know, and uh <laughs> just trying to get to the finish line, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that um Man, this is this was an amazing interview. Uh people who listen to this interview, they'll they'll definitely uh find some inspiration and some and, and some blessings, some nuggets um, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh that they could pick up along the way. And uh man, just really grateful and thankful for you being a part of the show. Um, did you have anything, any last words that you wanted to say? Or yeah. I mean, hey guys, uh
1: th- thanks for listening. You can find me um, you know, at Instagram t-r-i-s-t-i-a-n williams underscore tristan williams you can find more about some of the work that we were talking about at uh, align to advance.com a-l-i-g-n uh, align to t-o advance.com find me out there i love to connect with you um sure. thanks
0: absolutely thank you Tristan hey and uh to everybody that's listening to this to this podcast again you know we always like to to end it with hey the true the true definition of success at least how we've defined it on the show is to trust and love the process more than the end result so until next time everybody stay limitless and we'll see you on the next podcast I hope you've enjoyed this episode for more episodes just like this one be sure to subscribe to Limitless Belief wherever you get your podcast and remember, knowing means nothing until you apply it. So get going, get growing, and I'll see you on the other side of limits.